gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 29, which is entitled, Hear Me Out. And I don't have no sound bites or sound clips because what I want to talk to you today about is very important and from different perspectives with basically two important topics here. But before I get into those two important topics, I want to get into, well, usual, the national food holidays of the week. And today, July 4th, is Barbecue Day and Caesar Salad Day. Tomorrow, July 5th, is Apple Turnover Day. After that, July 6th, Fried Chicken Day, July 7th, Strawberry Sunday Day, and also Macaroni Day, July 8th, Chocolate with Almonds, July 9th, Sugar Cookie Day, and July 10th, Pina Colada and Pink Blueberries Day. Now that that's out of the way, I want to get into two very important topics here, and I want you to hear me out on these two important topics. And I want to start off with the Bill Cosby situation. If you haven't realized it yet, um... Bill Cosby's conviction has been overturned. Bill Cosby, uh, was his conviction was overturned by the um, Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. Now, Cosby was um, in prison for three to ten years. That was the original uh, sentencing that he got from pleading after he was found guilty of drugging and molesting Temple University employee Andrea Constead at his suburban uh, Pennsylvania mansion. But the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania decided to overturn that. And the reason why they overturned it is for the split court found that Cosby was unfairly prosecuted because the previous district attorney had promised the comedian once known as America's dad that he wouldn't be charged over Constance's accusations. Cosby was charged by another prosecutor who claimed he wasn't bound by that agreement. The court said that's not the case. The justices found that Cosby relied on that promise when he agreed to testify without invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in a lawsuit brought against him by Constant. The court concluded that the prosecutor who later brought the charges was obligated to stick to the non-prosecution agreement so the conviction cannot stand. The justices wrote that denying the defendant the belief of that decision is an affront to the fundamental fairness, particularly when it results in a criminal prosecution that was foregone for more than a decade. What's the deal with the non-prosecution agreement? The promise not to prosecute Cosby was made in 2005 by Bruce Castor, who was then the top prosecutor for Montgomery Court. Castor was also on the legal team that defended former President Donald Trump during his historic second impeachment trial over the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by his supporters. During a court hearing weeks after Cosby's 2015 arrest, Castor testified that he promised Cosby he wouldn't be prosecuted in the hopes that it would be that it would persuade the actor to testify in a civil case brought by Constant and allow her to win damages. Castor acknowledged the only place the matter was put in writing was in, his, was in the 2005 press release announcing his decision not to prosecute, but said his decision was meant to shield Cosby from prosecution for all time. His successor noted during the appeal agreements 
well, arguments that Caster went on to say in the press release that he could revisit the decision in the future. Caster has said that Constance case would be difficult to prove in court because she waited a year to come forward and stayed in contact with Cosby. The four, the first jurors who heard the case may have agreed with him as they could not reach a verdict in 2017, but a second jury implicated after the Me Too movement exploded found him guilty at his 2018 retrial. Constant settled her civil agreement against Cosby for more than $3 million. Caster secession district attorney Kevin Steele charged Cosby in 2015 after a federal judge acting on a request from the Associated Press unsealed documents from her 2005 lawsuit against Cosby, revealing his damages, his damaging testimony about sexual encounters with Constant and others. Caster has said Cosby would have had to have been nuts to say those things if there was any chance he could have been prosecuted. Basically getting to the point, he said that he gave the woman some... Uh, drugs and back in that time and more or less he slept with her now I'm just gonna cut to straight to the point here Cosby has served two years out of his three to ten years sentencing for that uh, crime which he should have never been prosecuted for as the Supreme Court judges of Pennsylvania has stated and they decided to throw it out long story short people are not happy about that People are depressed by it. Well, I'm not going to say depressed. People were very upset and pissed off. There were a lot of people on the internet this week being pissed off whenever the situation uh, arised and it hit the news and hit online that Cosby was getting uh, overturned and Cosby was getting released. But um, Felicia Rashad, Bill Cosby's uh, TV wife, uh, Claire Huxtable from the Cosbys, she, on the other hand, happened to agreed with Cosby and agreed with the Supreme Court justices of Pennsylvania by letting out Cosby. She tweeted out, Finally, a terrible wrong is being written. A miscarriage of justice is corrected. Now, after she tweeted that out, she straight up, un, uh, she was able, she enabled her comments so nobody can write under the comments saying how much of a terrible person that she was and all this and all that type of things because she knew the type of flack she would be getting. And it did come in the way of people tweeting out to Howard University. Howard University had to put out a statement, and the statement is read as follow from Howard University. Survivors of sexual assault will always be our priority, while Dean Rashad has acknowledged in her follow-up tweet that victims must be heard and believed her initial tweet lacked sensitivity towards survivors of sexual assault. Personal positions of university leadership do not reflect Howard University's policies. We will continue to advocate for survivors fully and support their right to be heard. Howard will stand with survivors and challenge systems that would deny them justice. We have full confidence that our faculty and school leadership will will live up to their sacred commitment. Now, after reading the Howard University statement, I want to read another tweet coming from another famous black television mother, uh, the black mother from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's the name's Vivian. I'm sorry, Vivian. The first Vivian from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Janice uh, Hubert. She tweeted out to Felicia saying, Felicia, what are you thinking? I don't know you, but to say this was terribly wrong. Everyone knew what he was doing back then. How could you not get your umbrella, sister? 
here comes the S shower. I am outraged that he has been released. Yes, he is an old-ass guilty man. That was coming from Janet Huber. Now, I want to read off something from... A, I want to read off something for, for you guys here. This is coming from Yahoo Entertainment, and this is coming from uh, Bill, Bill Cosby's uh, defense attorney, Jennifer Bonjean. She was on Chris Cuomo Wednesday uh, night, and Chris Cuomo had an interview with her, and he basically asked her about her opinions on the Constitution and her uh, what Bonjean said about the Constitution. Well, these are constitutional safe grounds, Bonjean said. This isn't just a matter of technicalities. We are talking about major constitutional principles on which our system rests, and that's why the remedy was a strong one. As it goes on to read, Cuomo asks Bonjean if it bothers her at all that Cosby admitted guilt, and there are more than 60 accusers, but he will no longer be punished for his actions. Bonjean said it does not, she does not, because she feels the defense did its job in defending Cosby's constitutional right. My job is a, is a defense attorney. I'm very proud of the work we did in upholding the Constitution, Bonji replied. And I'm very proud that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court was not influenced by the court of public opinion. So in that regard, it does not bother me in the slightest. Now, that is coming from a white woman before people started to yell, well, she's not a feminist. Listen, she gets paid by the hour. As an attorney, you get paid by the hour. You get paid by your client. That's all an attorney is for now. My mother wanted me to be an attorney. Let me just stay, throw this out here right now. Hi, Mom. My mom wanted me to be an attorney, and I told her that I couldn't be a lawyer. I could be a guy working for a lawyer, as in, like, getting the paperwork for them and getting everything else. But me being the attorney, standing in front of people and throwing out why this person should be in jail or why this person shouldn't be in jail, I can never do that because I will never know the whole full story. I can never know the full story. Nobody in the courtroom never knows will ever know the whole full story, ever. They only will get this person's side and another person's side if the person is living. But in a murder case, you only get the person that committed, allegedly, the murder. And you have jurors out there that will be making their own decisions on if this person is guilty or not. And you, as the attorney, either it be the prosecution or the defense, will have to live with that on your chest for the rest of your life. Either you put a guilty man away, and congratulations that you did, or if you put a man away and he didn't do the crime, you are, as the prosecutor, now uh, have to live with that on your chest for the rest of your life whenever evidence come out and say that this man didn't do this or this woman didn't do this. Or if you're the, the defendant and you are now defending somebody that did do the crime, you now have to live with that for the rest of your life because you are, in a, you are, in a sense, basically helping out a complete monster in the public eye and public perception for what this person has done. You are helping out a monster escape from their allotted sentence. As the old saying goes, you do the crime, you do the time. You're escaping them from doing their time after they have now done the crime. I can never do that as a, in my own moral fiber, my own moral being. I can never do that. But as me doing this, a guy that's basically looking at things and I can come up with my own concept and me just throwing out my own personal opinion, I have no problem doing this as a living. I have no problem doing this because this allows me the freedom to basically make my own observations, make my own opinions. And for Bill Cosby in this instance right now, 
I want to talk about three things. I want to go off on him admitting guilt. I want to go off on him being let out. And I want to go off on the audience looking at this and the whole public perception. One, he admitted to doing this. Now, you got to look back at the time in the 80s and the 70s. Bill Cosby was the man, no, no doubt about it. He was America's dad. You cannot take that title away from him. Yes, he has done some nasty things. Well, you can't strip him because America has done that from him. But you can always, whenever you think of Bill Cosby now, you're going to think of him as a rapist uh, monster or an alleged rapist monster now since he did get his uh, case overturned. So now it will just nothing be, it will now be in the court's opinion, allegedly. He admitted to giving this woman drugs. So it was the 80s. People were on drugs by that time and Bill Cosby was the hottest thing out there. And let me just say this. If you do happen to give somebody drugs and you sleep with them while they're unconscious, you are a nasty heathen. Do you understand? You are a nasty heathen. You deserve every bit of foul. Ugh, it's disgusting. I want people to really understand that if you are taking advantage of somebody while they're unconscious or you're using your sheer willpower as in you're overpowering them, dude, you are a nasty human being. You are foul. You are filthy. You are the lowest of low. You understand? That's just me. Bill Cosby admitted to giving this woman drugs at the time, and he had, well, relations with her. Okay? Now, I'm not sure it was it consensual or was it not consensual. I wasn't in the room. I've never been in the room. I haven't been with none of these 60 accusers or anything else. So, off the guilt... He was guilty because he admitted it himself. He could have let his lawyers do the talking as every person does, but he decided, you know what? I'm going to do the deposition in 2005. I'll answer all their questions with the idea that I will not be facing criminal charges for this sexual encounter that I had with this woman. I will be paying her off. Yes, sure, because the $3 million that he did give her, that was paying her off. But I will not be going and doing jail time. That's just what... His idea was, in the end, he ended up serving two years out of the three to ten years sentencing. He was guilty in the eyes of the law off of what he said. Now, the law had to go back and do some researching, and then they had to overturn it because, well, the former prosecu prosecutor said that well, we wouldn't have used that information that he did uh, give us. He wouldn't be going for criminal charges. And the new DA said, now nah, we're going to get him from criminal charges. So they screw themselves on that. They should have just went with the win on that. And then guess what? Everything would have been straight, safe, okay. All right? That's the guilty part. Now let me get to the whole government standard with this. All right? The government, they screwed up. The new DA should have did his paperwork. He should have did his whole homework on it, as you should do when you are taking over for somebody that did a high-profile case. And, yes, the Me Too era was is still big now because people still are getting caught up for being nasty heathens. 
But at that time, when Bill Cosby was getting called, the Me Too era was hot. It was booming. And that guy wanted to make a name for himself after getting so many tweets and so many people coming out and saying so many things about Bill Cosby. Yes, he looked back and said, okay, we can get Bill Cosby off of this. But he didn't do the right research work. So all the anger that everybody has towards Bill Cosby, yes, is warranted towards Bill. No questions about it. But you need to throw some of that salt and some of that uh, sriracha and some of that Texas Pete over to the new DA over there. Because he didn't do his homework as he should have done. Because if he didn't do his homework, let me tell you what Bill Cosby would have ended up being. Bill Cosby would have just would have been another Woody Allen. Woody Allen has documentaries out here, these dial series, these doc series about him being a nasty, slimy man. He slept and married his, well, his wife's adopted daughter. That's what he did. And he's still married to her to this day, and they have children. Okay? That is slimy and everything. She was of the age, I believe, age 20, and Woody Allen was, hold on, let me get the look up for this for a minute. Hold on one second. And I'm back. Now, I did some quick research here, and let me just tell you what I found out. Um, Woody Allen's uh, wife at the time, well, not even wife at the time, before he got married to her, uh, Mia Farrow, and her husband at the time, Andre Priven, in 1978, adopted uh, Sue Yin, uh, and she was eight years old, okay? They adopted her at eight years old in 1978. Just follow me here. 1979. Mia Farrow gets divorced from her husband, Andre, and meets with Woody Allen, and they start dating. And Soon Yin is now nine years old. This is 1979. So you got to think about this now. Woody Allen has now met with Mia Farrow. Now they start dating and everything else. And the girl is now nine years old now. Follow this up. Woody happens to get married to Mia Farrow, and they get divorced. Okay. Woody Allen, in that marriage, has to take care of their children and their adopted children, all this such and such, and all these adopted children is still soon in here. And now, he gets divorced from Mia Farrow, and guess what? At the age of 27, Soon Yin marries Woody Allen in Italy in 1997. Now, people might say, Gerald, she was 27 and she married Woody Allen. Dog, you didn't just hear what I said before this. Woody Allen was married to Mia Farrow. That was Soon Yin's adopted mother. And at the age of nine, she is knowing who Woody Allen is. Woody Allen is around that house. Yes, he does films and he makes films and he directs and all this other type of stuff. But actors and producers and directors still have to go home now and interact with their family members so Woody Allen has to interact with his children and his adopted children including Soon Yin so Soon Yin now knows Woody Allen I believe in my brain as a father figure type person to be around her life okay Woody and Mia gets divorced and now he's marrying Soon Yin in 1997 and Soon Yin is now 27 he's basically and essentially Marrying his daughter. And oh yeah, by the way, Woody Allen was 62. 62 and Soon Yin's 27 and they get married in Italy. Now imagine them getting married in America around that time. That would have been nasty. That would have been headline news out the woodworks everywhere. 
But I digress. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Hollywood, y'all still allowed Woody Allen to still make movies up to 2017. Knowing the type of nastiness Woody Allen was on. I'm just saying, that's just another deal. But I'll get into that with, I'll get into the different perceptions here. Bill Cosby just would have been another Woody Allen if the DA, the new DA, would have did his job. People would have known of Woody Allen, not Woody Allen, people would have known of Bill Cosby, what he's done if they would have did some research themselves. And Bill Cosby just would have been known as the man that had to pay off a woman $3 million. People wouldn't have known so much about his allegations unless they did some actual research, like you actually got to do research for Woody Allen. But that's all Bill Cosby's whole situation would have been. If the DA would have did his job and actually studied... Instead of trying to take down a big fish. Because Bill Cosby, before he got taken down, was a big fish. No matter how you looked at it, Bill Cosby was a big fish. And he still is a big fish, even more today. Because people are going to look at Bill Cosby as saying, oh, he beat the system. And before I get into that whole situation of beating the system and the different perception of what society has, I just want to stay on this DA for right now. The DA should have did his job. He should have looked back and see that he couldn't prosecute Bill Cosby. Because now you got people in the Me Too movement pissed off at Bill Cosby. Which they should be pissed off at Bill Cosby because he did admit to giving drugs and he did admit to having some type of relations with all these women. But yet again, I'll get more into that because I have my own devil's advocate for those situations. Those are the people that should be upset. People in the Me Too movement, fine. But they should add some of that hot sauce, that sriracha, that chili beast flavor, that chili that chili pepper over to that DA that didn't do his job. That's where I stand on that. Yes, be angry at Cosby. Keep that same energy with that DA. Now, to the public perception. The public has a right to be angry because the public is going to be upset anyway about anything and everything whenever they see some type of injustice in the world and injustices are pulled out the wazoo and just slapstick and plastered on some newspapers and just for clickbait. The public is going to be upset by it. I understand that. What I want the public to understand is this. You have to play devil's advocate with everything that you read. And Bill Cosby's situation, when you read it, it's not, it's cut and dry, but you, it's too cut and dry if you get my drift here. It's too easily cut and dry. Like, okay, Bill Cosby admitted that he drugged women and ta-da, they landed in his bedroom. He has some uh, sexual relations with these women, okay? And 60 women came out to say these type of things. I'm not saying I don't believe all 60 of Bill Cosby doing some nasty things to their body while they were unconscious and him probably roofing some of these chicks. I'm not saying that I don't believe that he didn't do these things. I'm not saying that at all. I believe he probably did roofie some chicks and slept with them unconsciously. That's just me. But I'm about to play devil's advocate here. 60 women, right? 60 women all came out at this whole Me Too movement era. Yes, certain women probably did make certain uh, police reports, but Bill Cosby at the time was a big, high-profile man, and he probably was able to snap his finger away and get that taken out of the whole uh, box. Bill Cosby is still a black man at the end of the day. America loves taking down black men. Whether you want to admit it or not, it is the truth. Black men were taken down. Kobe Bryant, in his death, a white a white female tweeted out, a celebrity white female tweeted out, 
sexual, uh, a sexual, a rapist basically got taken down today. Yes, we still should honor Kobe Bryant for what he has did and all the greatness, but we all still got to remember that he was a rapist. Bill Co Kobe Bryant just died, and she tweeted that out, well, like a couple of days later after that happened. You have people going after Michael Jackson and still going on with the Michael Jackson after the whole child, whole allegations, child molestation allegations. Even though people have went back and done research and it's been proven that the children's parents were saying that this was a whole money grab themselves saying, yo, we try to get money out of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was an anomaly, was a different person. He was a guy that had monkeys, a zoo. He was different. He didn't have a childhood, but yet again, I'm going to let you guys do research on that yourself. You understand what I'm getting here. You, they, America loves taking down dominant black men. It is a fact. I don't care how you want to slice it or dice it. It's the truth. And for a long time, they couldn't get Bill Cosby until the Me Too movement basically hit. And Me Too movement hit and bought out when you guess they got Bill Cosby and ta-da. Now that he's out, they're pissed off because Bill Cosby is out here walking amongst the free. Yo, you had your time to get him. You should have gotten him then. I understand women are not going to want to push the issue. But what, what do you do whenever somebody touches you? What do you do? When your child tells you somebody's bullying them, you're, you as a parent go up to that school and you take care of that problem. You as a parent go up to that bully's parents and take care of that issue. And if that issue is still isn't solved, you then tell your kid, hey, yo, if this person constantly mess with you, you probably might have to take this into your own hands. And then whatever the repercussion might happen after that, you come, we, we will as a family deal with this. That's in certain families' instances. And now, we as adults, whenever people mess with us, we decide to keep it under wraps. Will you let your child keep that under wraps from you? And if your child did keep it, that under wraps from you, somebody bothering them, and then they finally tell you what, 10 years later, you're going to feel as a parent, your first question is, why didn't you tell me? And their question, and their response is going to be to you, well, I thought I could handle it, or it wasn't such a big deal, or some other case, something else they're going to tell you. And then in your back of your head as a parent, you're going to start wondering, okay, did I as a parent do a, a good job that he couldn't, he or she couldn't have come to me and tell me that this person was bothering them? or bullying them, or this issue was happening. That's going to be your first thought as a parent. So, as an adult, whenever somebody bothers you, and AKA tries to touch you in places that you don't want to be touched, your first instinct is to separate yourself from that ish situation. You should separate yourself as in move off that situation. In Hollywood, people want to go to Hollywood and try to make themselves stars, either it be Broadway star or movie star or be a singer, there are going to be some nasty, dirty, foul heathens in this industry that you're in or that you're trying to break into. You got to know how to weave yourself out of there. And it brings me back to Harvey Weinstein and Lupita Nyong'o. I applaud Lupita, Lupita constantly and I will constantly use her as the measuring stick of what women should do whenever they're in a nasty person's presence. Harvey Weinstein tried to get with Lapita twice in two occasions that she put out, for example, you can look this up. He tried to get her in her his hotel room, and 
she backed out of that and said, nah, I'm good. And whenever they were having dinner, he tried to get at her again. And she said, nah, I'm good. She hit him twice with the nah, I'm good effect. And guess what? Lepidianco's stock is still up in Hollywood. She is the one in Hollywood for dark-skinned women in Hollywood. It's a fact. You can look at me, you can look at me and say something all you want, but when you look it up, Lupita Younger is the definition for dark women in Hollywood making that big money. She was in Star Wars. She was in the she's in Black Panther 1 and 2. She will more likely go into the more Marvel Cinematic Universe's uh movies. She is black excellence at its finest. You can say what you want. It's the truth. There were women that messed around with Harvey Weinstein because Harvey Weinstein promised them these films and these big motion picture spots. And then they get with Harvey Weinstein. They do the do. They sold their soul to the devil. And guess what? The devil gives you your reward as in these big, these, uh, these films that you are auditioning for, wink, wink, these Big awards that you claim to have won off of, I want to thank Harvey Weinstein, I want to thank his production, I want to thank my crew and cast and everything else. You get your exact reward for dealing your soul to the devil. And all those devils around in that community, in that award ceremony, in that audience, they all are devils and heathens because a lot of them have sold their soul completely to the devil to get success. As I'm not saying like, oh, they're part of the Illuminati. No, I mean sell their soul to the devil. I mean sleeping to get to the top. You don't have to sleep your way to get to the top. Some of you think, well, I wanted this spot and this person has the power, so I slept with this person so I can get this role. No. You don't do that. If you go and do an audition, you do an audition. You have an agent. They will set you up with other spots. Yes, you want it quick and fast. No, you can't have it quick and fast. Sometimes it's that slow burn to success. And when you taste it, it's the most sweetest thing because you know you work your ass off to get that success. You didn't sleep away to get to that top. Yes, there's a whole lot of actors that you saw on your screens right now in these big movies that have slept their way to the top. Nah, you have to let this be a slow burn. Yes, there'll be some actors that have the if factor. Guess what? They get in the movie roles without having to sleep with nobody. But a lot of these actors and actresses that you see on your television screen, they have slept their way to the top. And guess what? They will keep that buried within themselves because they know what they had to sell to get to the top. They had to sell their ass to get to their top. They understand that. And some of them are able to keep that buried inside their chest as an example because they don't want their experience to come out for selling their butts to the producers to get their reward, a.k.a. selling their soul to the devil. A whole lot of these women that came out and said that they slept with Bill Cosby. Yes, some of them did get drunk, but I don't believe all of them did. I believe some of them slept with Bill Cosby for one, to have the story. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, at a point in time back in the day, and even still in certain occasions now, you sleep with celebrities or you sleep with somebody in high profile fame because you want to have that experience and you want the story behind it. Certain people, they sleep with people in high power because they want to be able to just hold on to something for whenever it's a rainy day. 
And what I mean by rainy day is you can hold on until you find it useful and blackmail them and say, I will tell the whole world that, I, that you made me sleep with you unless you give me money. I stand on this wholeheartedly. I stand on my opinions right now, 10 feet, 10 toes down. A lot of these women in a certain instances will claim that they slept with somebody because one, they had a lot of power over them or two, because they wanted money out of the situation or three, they wanted the story just to have the story behind them. And I believe some of these women slept with Bill Cosby because they wanted the story and some of them were saving their spot for a rainy day. Imagine how many times Bill Cosby had to pay certain women off just so the story wouldn't come out. Imagine that. Donald Trump slept with Stormy Daniels and paid her off. And Stormy Daniels still came out, ripped up the DIN DA by saying Bill Cosby, not Bill Cosby, but Donald Trump slept with her. She ripped up an NDA. All right. I don't care what Bill, what Donald Trump and Stormy Daniel did, but she signed an NDA. She knew what it was. When you look back at it, ladies and gentlemen, when you sign an NDA, what do you? What is an NDA? You cannot discuss what goes down between such and such and such and such. A lot of people, hell, hell, Chris Jenner, she has NDA papers. As soon as you walk into her house, that you have the sign stating that you can never tell what goes on in my household when you are here. Look that up. She has admitted that she has NDA papers there in her home. So you're gonna call Chris Jenner a damn monster if something happens to come out? They what? I'm sorry, you are walking into these people's businesses and people's homes and expecting something and it doesn't happen. And then you complain and cry about it after you did the dirt to get to where you wanted to be at. You did the dirt. You did the dirt. So, I want the public to really think about this. Bill Cosby did sleep with some of these women against their will because they were unconscious. Bill Cosby is a monster for that. I'm not putting all 60 on him. I'm putting some of them on him because he admitted to drugging and sleeping with certain women that were unconscious. But I'm not giving them all 60. I believe certain women held on to this just for a rainy day like this. Just to say that he did it to me too. And try to get any type of sympathy that they can out of it. That's just me. And people might say, Joe, how dare you? Hey, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong and tell me he didn't. Think about it. When you really stop and really dissect everything. Because I dissect a lot of things. Bill Cosby was a powerful black man. But America, as I said before, likes to take down powerful black men. No matter how much you want to slice it and dice it, they like to take down strong black men, successful black men in America. That's just the truth. Michael Jackson, they try to take. OJ Simpson, they try to take. Kobe Bryant, even in his death, they still try to take a slingshot at him. Bill Cosby, 80-something-year-old man, take a slingshot at him. It's the truth. It is what it is. Hell, they tried to do a Martin Luther King whenever he was living, but guess what? Whenever he died and they actually saw his effect of the change that he was trying to bring about, then America had to change it up on us and say, he was a good man. No, do your research. In the past, America hated Martin Luther King. It's the truth. Look it up. Strong, powerful black men, America hates us. It's the truth. And strong, powerful black women, America, they hate y'all too. Because they don't like to give black women in a nice, good seat of authority. 
It's now just starting to happen with Issa Rae and Regina King and all these other successful black women are getting their just due in Hollywood. But you got to look back at the past to look at your future. They're doing this now. They're giving you nuggets now. But I guarantee you, they're going to try to take down Issa Rae later. They're going to try to take down Regina King later. They're going to try to take down Viola Javis later. They're going to try to take down any successful, highly favored black woman down later. They're going to try to take down Tiffany Haddish later, who is a godsend. She is nice. She is lovely in all her interviews. And she is just straight up herself. I guarantee you they're going to try to take down Tiffany Haddish somewhere down the line. Because that's just what it is. Hell, they tried to take down Monique because Monique just straight up said that, hey, yo, I was an Oscar award winning winner and I tried to get equal pay as uh, Amy Schumer, who didn't do as much as me in the comedy world. Amy Schumer don't have a damn Grammy or even an Oscar, anything towards her name, but she's got high pay bucks from Spotify, high pay bucks from Netflix. Hell, Netflix had to take away the star ratings or the likes or the percentages of likes or dislikes to let you know that somebody liked or disliked your freaking comedy special because she didn't want to get butt hurt because people were out here saying that her comedy special sucked. It's the truth. All right? You look at the past to look at your future and by the way, black people, we have to stick together whenever they try to take us down. We can't always just throw and lobby ourselves, our black excellence out there and just say, yo, they did wrong. No, we have to handle that in-house. White people handle their crap in-house. They handle their stuff in-house. Elvis Presley is still looked at as a good man. Freaking Steven Tyler is still looked at as a good man. If you don't know about Steven Tyler, look that up. I'm not going to tell you that. It's all up to the media to tell you that one, or you can do it for yourself. Look that up and see what type of nastiness Steven Tyler has done in his past. And now he has never gotten caught out for that Me Too movement stuff. It's a fact. And Woody Allen is still having his films being played on television now. And he's still making money, still making bank. While Bill Cosby's show, The Cosby Show, got taken away. And it showed a black family in a high light, high good light in the media. I'm just saying, black people, we got to look out within ourselves and we have to take care of our people ourselves. We can't uh, let other people do that for us. It would us just jumping on the bad wagon and say, yeah, get him out of here because he... No, 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 no. We got to take care of in-house, in-house. That's the only way we can ever take care of that. And the same thing going with the next topic I want to talk about since I'm getting on to Bill Cosby thing. I stand on all 10 toes of what I said. Bill Cosby did some of the things, so he's a monster. Sure, he is still America's dad. I'm never jacking that title away from him because that is a title a black man earned that a white man has never earned to this day. And some of these women did sleep with him because they wanted the hype, they wanted the money, and they wanted the story. I still stick to that 10 toes down without a shadow of a doubt. Now, on to my next topic that I want to just talk about here right now. All right. And it's basically involving the Olympic track star Shikari Richardson. If you don't know about it, I'm just going to give you a quick upreach. Shikari Richardson was the number one 
in her Olympic uh, trials to run the women's 100 meters, she was number one, but she got tested positive for marijuana. And I'm going to read this. This is coming from the New York Times. As it reads, the American sprinter Shakar Richardson, who was set for a star turn at the Tokyo Olympics this month, could miss the games after testing positive for marijuana. The United States Anti-Doping Agency announced the positive test result Friday morning and said Richardson has accepted a suspension of one month starting on June 28th. That could clear her in time to run the 4x100 meter relay that takes place later in the games if she is named to the U.S. team. Now, she did go on NBC, NBC Today Show and uh, take accountability. She told the reason why she smoked marijuana. She knew the consequences. She knew what could happen. She knew about it. And let me just state this. Her mother passed, okay? She didn't know how to handle it. I want to go and stick on this right now. Her mother passed, and she heard this news from an interviewer. And at that moment, whenever you are at these trials and all these type of things, and you get hit with such a blow like that, you don't know what to do. Okay? She heard that her mother passed, and she went straight to the marijuana. She went and smoked marijuana, all right? Now... She has admitted that she's taken accountability for it. She understands that. And she yada, yada, yada. I don't believe marijuana should be a part of the drug testing thing that they do. I don't believe that at all. I believe marijuana should not be a part of it at all. I believe athletes should be able to smoke marijuana. I don't believe they should be able to do cocaine or crack or any of that. Jesus, no. But marijuana, yes, is only to mellow out people. Marijuana has always been about mellowing out individuals. However, Uncle Sam and the rest of the nations had gotten y'all fooled and everybody else fooled because they could never find a way how to tax marijuana until just recently America and certain states are starting to make it legal because they have found a way to tax marijuana. And that's just straight facts. Uncle Sam wanted his money. He looked at America and said, how are these people still getting money without cutting me in on that piece of pie? So he wanted his big old chunk of that pie and say, you guys can fight over the straps now. You guys can now have your marijuana and be legally with it. Cool, but you're going to pay me. That's exactly what Uncle Sam decided to do and the U.S. government decided to do. So the Olympics still has that on their drug testing uh, perspective. Procedure, marijuana. She took, Shikari Richardson took accountability for it. I just don't think that they should strip her away from this. She could still run the 100 meters and it's, her suspension will be up a couple of days before the 100 meters even start. It's a travesty. Now, I understand they would have suspended her and she couldn't have done it at all, in it, but she is still within the windows after her suspension is up to participate in 100 meters. But they decide, no, nah, we're not going to have her in 100 meters. They could have just suspended her that one month and still allowed her to participate. People would say, oh my God, how is that fair? She got her punishment, right? She did the crime and she's going to do her time. But guess what? She is still the best. She is still going to be representing herself. She still will be representing America. Because in the Olympics, ladies and gentlemen, let's not take away the focus of this. The Olympics 
It's all about whose nations have the best athletes. That's all the Olympics is about. You, as a country, are sending out your best of the best in these select categories to represent you in these categories against other countries' best of the best. How can marijuana really heighten up somebody's pace? Marijuana has always been credited to slowing somebody down, getting them mellow out, and all these type of things. The only thing that this has proven to me is that Shikari Richardson is hella fast without marijuana. That's all it was. If you mean to tell me that y'all still were able to test her and she had marijuana in her system, that just tells me that without marijuana, you guys will be looking at her shoes as she is running pie past all of you. So Shikari Richardson, just take that as a medal of honor that they see you as so much as a threat of that they had to take you away on some bogus ass charges that you are that much of a threat. Take that into high prestige. A lot of people are not a threat. A lot of people see other people think they're sweet and that they, they, they beat them. But whether they saw your great performance at the Olympic trials and knew how fast you run, they had to find a way to try to grab you. I would, I'm still shocked by this right now. How are you able to allow somebody to do the Olympic trials if you drug test them and you haven't gotten the drug test uh, results back yet? You would think if you're going to allow somebody to go to the Olympic trials, you were at least going to test them and get their damn test results back before they run or do anything at the Olympic trials. But that didn't happen. I just feel sorry for Shikari Richardson. I just really do because a lot of people are coming down on her people. Even Joe Biden said the rules are the rules. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, still said the rules are the rules. Even though he's the man in charge, quote, unquote, figurehead, he's the man in charge here, and he could easily you know, say, yo, we make weed illegal here. He could have easily have said, yo, we, I ride with Shikari Richardson or say, like, I stand with the young woman. She lost her mother. She, this was her way of coping out something. Nah, by just saying the rules are the rules, dog, come on, dog. How, that's not, that's not right. That's not right. She lost her mom. She had to find a way to cope. She did marijuana. She's doing the crime. She did the crime. Now she's doing the time, but still allow her to run that 100 meters left. Other people get a whiff of her shoes as she is just straight up just running by them. Let people get that sense that they raced with greatness. Let them at least say that they had the opportunity to race with her. Don't give people the excuse to say, well, I could have beaten her if she didn't smoke marijuana. No, don't give people that pity ass excuse. Let people have the experience to see this amazing black woman run. I still stand with all black women, even though people might say, Gerald, you went hard for Cosby. I still stand for black women. All things black. I represent all black all day because I am black and I represent us. And I want the rest of the black community to look at me and say, yo, he represents us. He at least will tell us when we did wrong. He holds us accountable. He holds us favorable equally. But... I want the black community to look at me as he represents us. I represent black men and I will stand up for all black females for everything that they do in this world. 
I want that to be acknowledged off that. Shikari Richardson, My Two Cents Podcast brand, Gerald Garrett, G2 stands with you. The Garrett family stands with you. I guarantee you that we just want you to know that you are, your predicament was wrong. They did you wrong. They did you foul. And that you still should be able to run that 100 meters in the Olympics. Now, what hasn't been covered is the Olympic team has her as a, they could make her a possibility to run by the 4 by 100 meters in the Olympics. But they haven't named her as a person of interest to run in that 4 by 100 Damn it, let her run. This is a public plea from G2. Let Shikari Richardson run by the 4x100. Don't just completely obliterate her Olympics experience off of this one instance. She didn't kill nobody. She didn't rape nobody. She didn't steal from anybody. No, she inhaled marijuana into her own body. She didn't shoot herself. She ingested smoked marijuana into her own lungs, into her own lungs, and I'll say it again, into her own lungs, not anybody else. So, she did that towards herself, not to punish or try to kill off anybody else. She smoked that in herself. Let her have that Tokyo experience. Let her have that Olympic experience. Let her have that. She's trained a lot. She has sponsors behind her. She has America now more than ever looking at her and saying, why not let her run? U.S. Olympic American team, put her on the 4x100 team and let her get that gold medal. Let her. Let her blow every other country out of the way and say that she represented America. Let America say that. And if America doesn't want to do that, heck, we all know America's trash for certain things, but this one just be icing on top of the cake for how big trash they are for doing that towards this woman that lost her mother. That's just me putting in my two cents on that topic. Now on to some happy news. This Wednesday, the NCAA made the decision to allow athletes to profit from their names. So I want to give this nice little congratulatory, celebratory hand claps for the NCAA as we wait. Congratulations to every player that is in the NCAA. You guys will now be able to profit off your name and likenesses. Now, what does that mean? Now, and this is coming from Revolt. That means NCAA made the decision to allow its athletes to profit from their names beginning Thursday, July 1st. Athletes in all three divisions, totaling over 460,000 athletes, will be able to earn money from the fame they garner in their respective sports. From selling their photos and autographs to entering into brand deals with major companies, athletes will no longer be penalized for using their notoriety to make money. This should have been happening for a long time. And as it continues, as multiple states put the forth, put forth the legislation that will legally allow college athletes to profit off of their likeness and put into question their controversial rules, it appears the NCAA was under pressure to reform its policy around athletes accepting money from external sources. The Division Board, the Division One Board, released guidance to the large board of directors to suspend the restrictions on Monday, June 28th. Basically, again. 
athletes will be able to make money. You guys are now college athletes. You guys are able to make money off your name and your likeness. And by God, you're, you're not just making money for the college anymore. That's always been the big whole thing. You, when you have these big old college athletes, these big names that are coming to these colleges, a.k.a. the Zion Williamses, in the past you had the Carmelo Anthony's, you had the Dwayne Wade's, you had all these other big names that went through the college route because they had to stop NBA players from coming out of high school into the NBA and actually try to put money back into these college systems. NBA had to agree with NCAA to say, hey, yo, before you get into the NBA, you guys got to go to the end, you guys got to go to college, and then we can do the draft there. That was completely ridiculous. The NBA and NCAA had a complete handshake agreement on that. I don't care if nobody tells me that was a handshake agreement because how can you, as the NBA, say, you know what? We want, we're going to decide that we're going to tell all you fine, great, athletically franchise students that you guys have to go to college and then we'll pick you up from that. You mean to tell me that that was not a business agreement between a college and the NBA? You mean to tell me that wasn't businesses between the colleges and the NBA? Man, please get out of here. That's nothing but business. That's nothing but backstage politicking and backstage hand shaking behind the scenes. That's all it was between these people. And what I want people to understand is yet again, Congratulatory is a congratulation, is a celebration. If you have a family member that is a college athlete, you better tell them to stop making money as much as they can because now they got, they're able to sell their likeness. Start just making the best of the best that they can. And matter of fact, one person is already doing that right now. And this is still coming from Revolt. And the title reads Hersey Miller. Masterpiece Sun signs $2 million endorsement deal after NCAA rule change. As it reads, uh, Hersey Miller, Masterpiece Sun, just secured a multi-million dollar deal becoming one of the first student athletes to acknowledge, to take advantage of the NCAA's new rule. As reported by Revolt, the organization announced on Wednesday, June 30th, that student athletes will now be allowed to profit off their name and likenesses. Hersey, who plays basketball for tennis, Tennessee, State University signed a $2 million deal with Web Apps America. Masterpiece set up the brand ambassadorship earlier this year, but was waiting for the NCAA rules to change. Now, HBCU Game Day writes, the 19-year-old could be the highest-paid college basketball player in history. Yet again, they just say history, but I guarantee you within the next couple weeks, a white athlete is going to find a way to make a bigger claim that, yo, I can, I got the biggest deal because they signed with Nike or uh, Under Armour or something of that nature. I guarantee you within the next week or two, that's going to happen. Because I say it again, white America, America does not like to see black successful men in anything. That's just what it is. As long as you stay within their box, they're cool. But once you jump out that box, they don't like it. And that has been true in every situation that you could think of. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care what you want to say. They can say, Gerald, you're racist. I'm not racist to nobody. I just look at everything and I am able to dissect everything and I'm able to see exactly the root of where certain people's problems come from. And that's what happened. All right. You know, so now and I want to and I want to get back to this right now. Remember last week I told you guys about how 
on my phone, I didn't get a situ I didn't get notified about Derek Chauvin's trial case. They didn't notify me about this with the NCAA ruling neither. My phone, my Apple phone didn't notify me at all about none of that. And this is a big thing. This should be blasted on every person's phone because now this is telling kids, hey, yo, you guys can go to college. And also, if you're that good of a player that you play athletic sports, you will be making money now. You can start making money because people are going to want to get on that bandwagon to be the first to say, I got this person's autograph first, or I got this person's stuff first, or even in certain people's, uh, if you work in a big company like a Nike or something, they're going to want you to sign with the first to say, we had him first and build up that, uh, build up that friendship with this franchise player and build this camaraderie and say, hey, we're with you all the way, just like Nike did with Tiger Woods. Nike was Tiger Woods' endorsement from the beginning in his highs and his lows and his redemption. Nike was the one with him that stuck with him all the way. Brands want to be with these franchise players, and now all these basketball players that are going to be going to colleges, all these football players that are be going to college, and they will be doing dynamic boss level of things you guys can make that money and don't have to rely on people saying well they're getting a free scholarship no yes they might be getting a free scholarship but no they at the past could not make money off of their likeness all the, anything they could do if anything they could probably just probably get a summer job or something to get money to make ends meet now they're able to make money out the wazoo. Hey, you want an autograph? I'll sell it to you for $20. You want an autograph? I'll sell you for $25. If you Venmo me or pay cash at me this, I'll give you my I'll send you an autograph or I'll send you some type of thing with my signature on it. They're able to do these things. It's greatness that we are witnessing. And anybody that doesn't like it like this, I have to question why you don't like it. And I want you to really sit down with yourself and question why don't you like college players getting money? It's not going to hurt their sport that they're playing. Hell, if anything, it's going to help them because, damn it, they're going to want to win more. They're going to want to win and then up their stock as a superstar. Just like LeBron James or any other player in the NBA. The more they win, guess what? The more the stock, their personal stock, their image stock goes up. More people going to want to buy their jerseys. The more the people going to want to see them. The more ticket sales that certain team in that arena will be getting and gathering. If anything, this is going to be a complete win-win. And for the, for the NCAA to take this long to even get this is complete, utter stupidness. But yet again, I'm glad for all the NCAA students to make money now. And only thing that I ask of you is to do your job, do it well, make sure that you win, and make sure you get your money up because... The NFL and the NBA is not always guaranteed. So now you guys can at least say, well, I made some money in college and now I can make my money here and still get my degree and then do whatever I want to do after the fact. That's all I want all these college athletes to understand and, and basically get. Now for my final topic of the day, I just want to end with something that I personally find very hilarious in my personal opinion. And this is yet again coming from Revolt. In the title reads, Jada Pickett Smith allegedly asked Tupac not to beat up Will Smith. Yes, you heard it. Jada Pickett Smith allegedly asked Tupac not to beat up Will Smith. And it's coming from during an interview of on 
art of dialogue. Napoleon, apparently a rapper from uh, Outlaws, a rap group named the Outlaws. I don't remember these guys, but yet again, this is before my time. Anyway, uh, a rapper, Napoleon, recalled Pac's admiration of Jada as they were watching a boring movie. Yes, uh, Napoleon and Pac went to see one of Jada's movies, and apparently Napoleon thought that mess was boring, but Pac was just so fixated on Jada Jada in the movie. As it, as he stated, I remember when I first came around Pac, Jada Pickett was in a movie, he said. It may have been the first movie she ever starred in with one of the Waynes brothers. I can't remember the name of it. We went down to Atlanta, and I'm a kid, and I'm like, this movie is boring as hell, he continued. But Pac was just staring at the screen, just paying attention and really heavily involved in the movie, really focused. The outlaw MC then flashed back to another Tupac memory in this particular occurrence. He remembered that Pac was upset after receiving a phone call from Jada shortly after she and Will started dating. The second time I probably heard him talk about her was when he went to LA and he was very upset, Napoleon. Pac came in the room and he was like, Jada gonna contact me like... And tell me, like, tell me, don't do nothing to Will Smith. So Pac was upset. He went on. I guess it kind of hurt him. He had a lot of love for Jada. A lot of love for her. A lot of love for her. So Pac calmed down and eventually let the situation die down. Napoleon explained that the late rapper was frustrated because he questioned Jada's perception of him. He was offended when asked, when he was offended when she asked him not to do anything to Will Smith from a standpoint not to be violent towards him. He said, I think that just hurt him more than anything because he was like, what do you think this is? I'm not walking around being this impulsive, violent person. So I think that probably hurt his feelings at that particular time. Tupac was a a actor turned rapper. I don't care how you want to slice her or dice it. I really just try to pick my words here, but screw it. Tupac was an actor that turned rapper that was turned back right back into acting. He went to a school of arts, ladies and gentlemen. He went to the school of arts. What rapper rapper goes to the school of arts? Only rapper that you could think of famously that would pop to your head was Drake because he was on Degrassi. And then in his free time, he would rap. Same thing with Tupac. He was a actor. He went to all these performers, sing, yada, yada, yada. And then, ta-da, he became a rapper. And he got this whole thug life. MC business stuff. And whatever the case may be, all right? I just want to tread back to something here. We all know it's history documented that him and Jada were close. Jada had love for him. Tupac had love for Jada. And last month, Jada Pickett uh, shared a pro, uh, poem that Tupac wrote for her. On Tupac's 50th birthday. Now, Tupac has been dead for some time now. And on his 50th birthday, Jada wanted to read a poem that Tupac wrote to her. And I just find that really weird. You have a husband that you did dirty to, Will Smith, by bringing y'all dirty mess out for that entanglement crap. A good solid to last year and you mean to tell me you decided you know what? i'm going to uh for my love for tupac and my love for my friend i'm going to expose a poem that he wrote for me on tupac's 50th birthday what loving person does that 
if you have love for your spouse, what type of, what, what, who would do this? I'm speaking from a common sense point of view. If I had a lover that died and she wrote a poem to me some odd years ago, what, 30, 25 years ago, I'm going to keep that poem buried somewhere and never expose that to the world. She exposed that to the world. And that's basically, you just, Jada gave the people that are already criticizing Will Smith for continuing to be with her more, more flames to that fume, more, more fuel to that flame. Jada just gave more people more gas to light on that big old fire ever since last year with the entanglement with August Alcina. We all know you guys are adults. We all know that y'all got your own situation going on. But why in God's green would you want to expose this poem out to the world? It's beyond me why you would do this. It's only proven that, yo, you probably don't like Will Smith like you probably want the world to believe that you like Will Smith. Why would you do that? I haven't seen a poem from Will Smith from any of his baby mamas or his past uh, wife or anything. I haven't seen none of that. Will Smith is out here doing Will Smith. Will Smith is out here making movies. Will Smith is out here just trying to be that guy on social media. But you, Jada, you have the red table talk. You guys talk about deep conversations and bring other celebrities on there to talk about whatever they want to talk about on your red table talk. And you mean to tell me that somebody in your family didn't warn you and say, hey, yo, exposing that poem, that's a bad look. Why are you exposing this poem? Why, why, why would you do this? Why? You are just basically hurting Will more and more. That's all you're doing. Now, people get, now, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. She probably told Will about the poem, but I quickly strip off my devil's advocate suit for that. I don't believe that at all. And I believe that she waited until the right time, and it just so happened on the Tupac's 50th birthday. Okay, I'm going to expose this poem, and da-da-da-da-da. Nah, she should have kept that poem in the tuck, ma. You should have kept that to yourself. No, the world didn't need to have that poem. The world didn't know need to know that you still have that poem. Let Tupac be dead and you, and that's just what it is. I will have a problem if that was my wife. I will have a problem if my wife kept on bringing up a past lover or a past big time homie friendship that she had with another nigga. I will have a problem. I will have a big problem. You're not going to constantly bring this guy's name all up in my face, all up in these situations. Oh, my God, he died. He he would have been 50 today. Who gives a damn? Not me. Don't bring that up to me. You write that in your damn silly journal. That's what you do. You don't bring that up to me. You don't share that. You don't know. Jada should have wrote that in a damn journal and buried that until the next time she feels sad and lonely about Tupac and then write that in that sucker again. You don't ever bring that up to the world. You don't ever allow the world to clown your husband more now. Come on. The world didn't clown you whenever they heard something about Will and you. The world, no. No, 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 no. Because I would have been around. I have been around. I've heard the stories. I've heard the possibility that Will Smith and Jada have a real open relationship. Will Smith being bisexual, allegedly, and I'm putting allegedly, allegedly, allegedly after all those rumors. 
But last year, it was already confirmed that you guys do y'all business, but y'all still a couple at the end of the day after August, August Alcina. I'm just telling you right now, if you're in a relationship right now, men, women, teenage boys and girls, if you're in a relationship, do not bring up your ex's name in your relationship at any time in your current relationship. Don't ever do it because in the back of that person's mind that you're bringing it up to, they're going to wonder, okay, why are you constantly bringing this, your ex up? Or why are you constantly bringing up your best friend that's of the opposite sex or the same sex in certain situations up? Why? I don't care what you say. People might say, oh, I'm secure in my relationship. Yeah, you might be secure, but you won't question why this person keep on bringing it up. So to end it off, Jada, quit bringing up Tupac. Let Tupac be dead in the ground. Let him be remembered for his music. That is it. We don't need to have a situation be known. Oh, yeah, you remember he was friends with Jada. Maybe they had a thing. Maybe they were together. Maybe da-da-da-da. No. No. The world don't need to know it. I don't need to know it. Will Smith damn sure don't need to know it. We all don't care at the end of the day. Keep that to yourself. Bury it inside a chest and let it be. Let this be the last time we have to hear about anything between Jada and Tupac other than, hey, yo, Jada might be going with Tupac later down the line. Or Jada is dead and now she's with Tupac. I'm just saying, I'm not wishing death onto Jada. I'm just saying the next time Tupac and Jada in the same sentence, that's the only time that thing should ever be occurrence. I'm just saying, and that has been my two cents on that. And now let me get you guys out of here. Now, if you want to contact me on any social media sites, my Twitter is, is at my two cents podcast, Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. And my business email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. And remember, this podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, give me any star review that you think I deserve. And when you do give me those uh, those reviews, those stars, please write a review on what I can do to best help them. This podcast afford the listeners experience. This, yeah, like I said before, this podcast is basically me just giving my two cents on certain topics, and I want to enhance the um, listening ability for every listener that listens to this. And you can get something out of this, whether it be some knowledge, or you can just want to play this in your car just to waste and kill time to your destination to get there. I appreciate everybody that does listen. I just want to get some feedback to know how I'm doing well. That's all I'm asking. Um, oh yeah, I dropped every Saturday and Sunday. Saturdays are my wrestling highlights of the week. I dropped one yesterday. If you haven't checked it out, check that out. And yeah, um, that is all for this episode of My Two Cents Podcast. I want to thank everybody that has listened to every episode from the first all the way to now, or if you have just started hopping along on this episode, thank you for listening. Uh, starting on this episode. I hope you plan on listening to next week's episodes for whenever I talk about whatever happens in the news and whatever happens in professional wrestling. Uh, Yeah. And also, yet again, wear your mask. Keep that six feet distance. Corona is still out here. We're still living in times, even though, yes, we have the 4th of July today. I want everybody to enjoy themselves. Have your parties. Have your shindigs. 
have those pet picnics, have those barbecues, have whatever you want to do for your 4th of July, just have that. Go at it, go crazy, not too crazy. Just have a good time, all right? And be safe, do not drink and drive if you're gonna have some drinks because you're gonna have some drinks on 4th of July, it's a holiday. And for all the workers on 4th of July, I wanna thank you and I appreciate each and every single one of you because there's a lot of people that are not gonna be cooking this 4th of July and they're gonna be coming to the summer of your establishments to try to eat. And I wanna thank you for feeding these people, whether when they could have been home, feeding themselves. I wanna thank you for doing that. And anybody that's working in retail, I wanna thank you for working in retail because there's a lot of people that are still trying to go out there and buy their stuff now for their barbecues. Without you guys being open, there would be no uh, things for them to be grabbing. So I wanna thank you guys yet again. I want to thank everybody that's listened. Still wear your mask. Still keep six feet. We're still in a dangerous time. COVID is still out here. But you know what you got to do. Keep those masks on. And with that, this has been my Two Cents Podcast G2. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And I will be with you guys next week. Bye-bye for now. I'm tired. You tired.